Welcome back to the Renaissance Space podcast, where we have the opportunity to listen and better understand life in education. My name is Margaret Allen and I am your host. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking with James D'Souza. I first encountered him online where one of his posts caught my eye. It said something along the lines of, data is a tool, but we need to recognise that it's not always possible for the teacher to use it. Before we dig into that, James, and better understand mm. what you meant by it, would you like to just give us a little bit of a potted history of who you are, where you've come from, what you're doing, anything you'd like to share, really? Yeah, well, term has started, and it's my 20th, the beginning of my 20th year in teaching, which I can't quite believe, but <laughs> I do still enjoy it. I'm head of psychology, and I teach business. And I think that is actually really important given what we're talking about. And I'll say why in a bit. I've been ahead of sixth form. I've really enjoyed, I really enjoy teaching in a through school. So we have a pre-prep, a prep, and I teach in the senior school. And I've also taught IT and key state three geography. At one point, I was teaching in one academic year, key state three geography, GCSE business, a-level business, B-Tech business, and A-level psychology. Oh, and I've taught economics as well. So oh, my word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, I, I joke about it. I say I'm master of none, but I like to get involved. The other thing that I really like doing is coming up with ideas, putting them in a proposal format, and then taking them to senior management. I'm a big fan of being solution-oriented and trying to move things forward. and create new ideas a new member of staff this year it, I'd met him maybe two or three days ago he said to me you're you you love innovating you love trying out new things but you don't do it just for the sake of it I said exactly there's there is a commitment to the school and to bettering outcomes for pupils that's what drives me great sounds fantastic and I think you know in this world where People do seem to need to be accountable and all of that. And um, we need mm. to find ways of, of supporting teachers because, mm -hmm. you know, let's face it, data is not probably the first choice in the sweet <laughs> shop that teachers would want to take and think, oh, yes, please, this is what I want to do. So to me, it is a sweet shop. It, I am interested in it. But the only reason I'm interested in it is because I think it. I can tie together what happens in the classroom and in a school with outcomes. I think data is the bridge between the two. And I mentioned before about teaching business, psychology, economics, and a bit of geography. I think those subjects, especially at A-level for business and psychology, economics, and geography, they're amongst the only subjects in the curriculum where you have to be able to write and you have to be able to interpret and use numbers effectively. And I could do history, great. There's a certain amount of interpretation, but you're not really getting down and dirty with numbers. Classics, great subject, interpretation, English. I'm not taking anything away from those subjects at all. But psychology, you have to be able to design experiments, understand statistics and interpret them to form an argument. Exactly the same in geography, exactly the same in economics. And I think I've grown up with that. My undergraduate was business and psychology. 
So I'm interested in numbers and what they mean. And the, the when I was head of sixth form, that semi kind of joke, and I still say to it, talk about it now to students, is that the data doesn't lie. Then it became the data doesn't lie to me. And now it's become the data speaks to me. It whispers. It tells me things about you. And yeah, I was, data is a tool. It's a tool for teachers, nothing to be scared of. That's how I think. And that's how you think. And, and me as a former primary school teacher and probably been out of the classroom a little bit of time now, data wasn't so obvious or it wasn't such an obvious aspect mm -hmm. of my classroom life. How would you make it appealing? How can you make it be my, maybe my, not my first sweet choice, but my second one I'm going to pop in the bag as something I need in order to teach properly? I would say that people, people misunderstand what data is. They think data is numbers and spreadsheets and all of that. It's not. We use it all the time. The way I think about it is, you know, the child in your class that is always late you know the child in your class that is going to have all their equipment. You know the child in your class that's going to have their uniform be messy. In, in, that, in those examples, the number of children who have the correct uniform is data. The number of children who are on time is data. The number of children who have all their equipment is data. But we're using it so intuitively to inform the way we think and our choices and decisions and we do it so fast that we don't think of it as data so i think that would be what i'm really interested in is empowering teachers professional judgment and teachers professional judgment has been hammered by the media by parents by government that i almost wonder sometimes if teaching is having a bit of a wobble and teachers are having a bit of a oh like what are we doing but that's what I would say. You, you're a professional. You know what you're doing. You know your children. You're constantly making judgments, but you're not. It's not based on nothing. It's based on something, and that's how I would talk about data. It's making decisions and choices based on something. That's very insightful. That's very. Um, it's very obvious now. You've mentioned it. You know, it's a little bit like we do some things without even thinking mm -hmm. and maybe that aspect of data is something that's just part it's intrinsic to being a classroom teacher <laughs> equally teachers are faced with making decisions about what they can do to enhance the experience for children in a mm -hmm. more effective way now whether that's using ed tech to teach mm -hmm. or whether that's using ed tech to inform they they both have their part to play. They're never going to replace that person, in my opinion. No. Um, I agree. You know, we, we we saw that teachers could do that sort of thing during COVID, but it was not the best way, it, and it'll never be the best way. So, how do you help teachers to better appreciate what they're already doing well, and mm. make some informed choices about what they could do to be better, if you like? Making informed choices can be really difficult. And I'm, I'm going to take a step back before I answer that question, which is, sure. I think, talk about what the problem is. The The problem is, and it, it relates to our professional judgment being squashed and smashed from all directions, it's there's confusion and overwhelm with data. We've got more data than we know what to do with, but we've got so many different tools that 
don't always speak to each other and that compounds the confusion, then each tool has different learning curve, which makes it harder and for us to want to get into it. So already teachers are on the back foot. And then maybe a senior manager will say, so why did you get these results? What do you, what's behind that? And then we might revert to really generic answers rather than actually being able to look, think about, well, what was that pupil's experience? So already it's difficult. So the way I think I'd move it towards empowering teachers to be able to make choices would be, I think it's really the mindset of data is only a tool. That's, if you boil it all down, I think that's what it starts with. It's, only, it's nothing to be afraid of. It's not going to bite you. It's not bad. It doesn't matter what tool you use, to, whether it's Excel or Pupil Progress or Progress Teaching or Renaissance Learn, whatever, any number of the things out there. But it, ultimately, the data is a tool to help you. I think that's a starting point. Then the next thing I would say is how, how do you want to help your pupils? What do you instinctively know about your pupils? And then, or what information or data do you have to support your judgment? I don't think there's anything wrong with having a judgment about a class or a pupil and then asking yourself, well, hang on, how did I come to that judgment? That's a very natural question, I think, for us as reflective teachers. And then that's really how I got into this is just I just ask questions. You know that thing at inset where a senior leader goes, any questions? And there's always that one teacher who puts their hand up and goes, yeah, what about this? I'm that guy. I'm that guy. And I think if we can remain curious as teachers about how we want to support our pupils and our learners, that will then allow us to think about and approach the data in a way that supports us. And again, very interesting to unpick it and unpack it in that way. And I think the scrutinizing of data, whether it's to check how a teacher is getting on mm. or how a child is getting on, that can be the, the challenge that people aren't mm -hmm. feeling like a big brother scenario. They are feeling as though, well, this is important because we need to see the progress these children have made. And of course, you've mentioned the government and we, we don't want to go off track here. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the way in which I think teachers often feel got at um, yeah. and, and are feeling less empowered rather than more empowered because of the expectations on them. I think it's really interesting that so many teachers, they know they need to know where their children are and mm -hmm. how they're doing. Mm -hmm. But most of them actually have a very good idea mm -hmm. because they know those children, especially in primary where you're you know, with those children five days a week, there's a lot of overlap. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think getting that balance right between having data that's going to inform, having data that's going to support, but what we don't want is data that's going to become this drudge and this, this challenge to get right so it meets mm. the needs of all of these stakeholders. Mm -hmm. I would also, I came up with something, so I, I happened to do a presentation at Inset. When I was thinking it through, I realized something, which is, I don't want to be, and I'm glad you kind of phrased it this way, and you didn't go, you didn't talk about being data-led. You mentioned it, but that didn't come across that was your major thing. I don't want to be led by the data. 
I want the data to inform me. I want my creativity, my subject knowledge, my ideas, my principles, my beliefs to guide what I'm doing. And then the data support that. I don't want to be led by the data because I think that that can lead to all sorts of over-optimization and ridiculous things. You know, it's it's useful, it's a tool, but I don't want to be led by it. I'm, And it's a bit like being, I suppose, like teaching psychology. I'm thinking about, well, what is it, or even teaching profession now beginning to use research to inform what we do in the classroom, using cognitive neuroscience and what the science says to in our teaching. That is, I don't think there'd be many teachers who would disagree with that. But all that is, is being evidence informed, data informed. A peer reviewed article about something that can make a difference with how I interact with my class of 20 year 10s is going to be really useful, whether I choose to use it or not. So the that I think it's up, I think it's down to us as teachers. We we have the opportunity to be able to use it and apply our creativity. That's why I got into teaching is to make a difference to the people, but also it's a wildly creative, collaborative, interesting job. And it has all sorts of expectations on it. It has mm. some stress and some pressure. And you know, mm -hmm. we're at the beginning of term, as you've just said. Um what what would you want to say to teachers who are um, not so comfortable with looking at data in whatever format, whether that's an Excel spreadsheet or whether that's a star assessment, it doesn't really matter. Mm. How would you break that down for people who think, well, I need to know this stuff, but it's I do find it quite hard to to engage with. Hmm. So. You're imag I'm imagining that you're saying someone's got an Excel spreadsheet and they're looking at it going, oh, that's a little bit overwhelming. And then maybe they get put off and go, oh, they don't want to look at it. Is that what you mean? Yes, precisely. That kind of yes. thing. I think it would be an Excel spreadsheet will have a child's name on it. Or it, it actually it might not even have a child's name. It might have a number, yeah, a unique reference number for that child. But that unique reference number will refer to a child and a child's name. And I think it would be just pick one child that you know and make it real for yourself. Per turn it into a person. Turn it into someone you know. Turn it into someone you've had interaction with. That's step one. And then I think step two is ask yourself questions. Ask questions. What are they struggling with? How could I help them? Why... Did they do really well in maths and really appallingly in English? I, I, I think I think that's the way to do it. I did stumble across a quote recently. I don't remember who it was, but it was something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, data is just lots and lots and lots of stories. We nice. can find the stories and meaning within it. And that's what we like to do as human beings, tell stories and find meaning. And, you know, it's no surprise I'm a massive film and book nerd because I love stories and I love telling stories with data helps me tell stories. So the more I can tell stories using the data, the more I can make it accessible for teachers. So I would say, yeah, you put off by the spreadsheet. OK, 
pick one point, make it about a child or a person, and then ask questions. And then maybe tell the story. I I love that analogy. And it it sits very comfortably with me as a primary school teacher, um, telling stories and engaging children in the the plot and the characters and all all, Mm. all of everything that's going on in that book. But actually, an Excel spreadsheet ought to become that book. It ought to become that place where people feel comfortable to go, engage, find out some information mm-hmm. and then respond and act on it. And it may be that you're using a product to do that or mm-hmm. you may be using a, a, a colleague to do that. It's, um, it's been... the Sorry to talk over you there, but the a graph is a story. A graph, one graph can be used and spoken. It's a picture. It doesn't matter what, how, you, but it says something. And it it can be used to communicate a lot of things, but I think it, the the storytelling side of it I think is incredibly important for bringing colleagues along. And when I did my presentation, I deliberately told a story. I deliberately turned in, turned it into a very structured kind of story of a journey. And that it, I think every I've go so far to say every human being loves stories, yes. and teachers looking at a spreadsheet or looking at a graph, there's meaning and a story in there that can be used to support parents. And it could be as simple as saying, "There's here's a picture of a pupil, here's their results. But you may not know that this pupil, blah, 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 and then you're telling a story. That's Teachers are amazing at that. They know their pupils and parents love hearing it and they love hearing the success stories. They love hearing, it's just like X Factor. Nobody cares about the people who sailed all the way through. They want to hear the drama and the struggle. Yes, and no, all they of do. That. And they teachers can do that. Do. They absolutely do. And I think that's a, a, a lovely moment to, to, to pull, pull this together because actually what we've done is we've, talked about how data could be the master but actually Mm. teachers should be invited in to be the master to make the data Mm -hmm. work for them teachers don't want to talk about data they want to talk about their children they want to talk about their abilities and their their difficulties they want to know which children need intervention which children need stretching Mm -hmm. and if used well and if the data does what it says on the tin it should be that enhancement to the teaching and learning in any classroom, whether you're teaching at A level or whether you're teaching reception children who are just coming in this last week. And some of them, let's face it, are still babies. They're only four um, mm. and there'll be expectations on them already. James, it's been absolutely fascinating. I'm so pleased that um, we connected and, and decided yeah. to do this. Um, so thank you very much. And you're welcome. let's talk again sometime. Oh, sure. For sure. So data is just a story. So whether you're at the beginning, middle or end of that story, it doesn't matter. Let's just make that data work. Let's find out how the students are doing, be able to share that information with colleagues and better understand how we can ensure children are getting the best out of their education. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please go and listen to some more. There are plenty available on www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash podcasts. You can search for these podcasts on any platform that is your preference. 
and I hope you enjoy them and look out for some more as they're released. Thank you for listening.